tuned in to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Welcome to Beer Me on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. During my time in culinary school, I gained an appreciation for good beer and continued my studies in beer at grad school at NYU. Since then, I have been a beer director, beer bar general manager, and I get to continue to explore the beer world with all of you wonderful listeners. Every week, I will have a guest on the show to discuss different parts of the beer world, from brewers, importers, educators. This will allow us to examine the dynamic world of beer through different lenses. Whether you're new to beer or a seasoned professional, we will have something for you. So today, I am very happy to be joined in the studio by Justin Cox. He is the founder and CEO of Atlas Brew Works, along with Bill DeBon, for a record third time back on the show, co-editor of DC Beer. Thank you two for coming in. Thanks for having me. Get back on my level, uh, other contributors. <laughs> yeah, happy to be here. So, and, and welcome back again to the show, Justin. Thank you. So we've got two times for you, three times for Bill, and I guess everyone else has to up their game, essentially. I got you. <laughs> the line starts behind us. That's I got right. It. Uh, so, you two had good weekends, I'm assuming. Sure did. Did we drink any interesting beer? You know, I had this um, this uh, fruit laden triple dry hopped IPA that they actually spun into cotton candy and you ate off of a cone. You got to take me through that step by step. Okay. So. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't actually. Have that. No. <laughs> I was going to say. That sounds awful. But I did have an Allagash White, and uh, mm-hmm. it is an important reminder that breweries' flagships are uh, totally worth revisiting, mm-hmm. having often. They are the beers that I think are most dialed in. They're the, they're the bread and butter of these breweries. And uh, don't fall for the trap of, you know, the, the hype lords and the haze boys out there. There's nothing I enjoyed more <clears throat> than blind tasting a guest on Allagash White, telling them it's like some super, rele- like super, super rare, limited release. I'm like, yeah, there was only like you know, two cases of this ever created. And, you know, it's the bottle was, you know, hand labeled. Wow, they should really make more of this. Yeah, and they They said, wow, this is amazing. This is so good. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's Allagash White. You suck. (laughs) Yeah, and Bill, I think you're right. People, uh, I heard someone the other day say their two favorite flavors in beer were uh, new and rare. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, we talked about that a little, little last week with uh, John Hall on uh, Think Beer, Drink Beer. So you're, you're paying a premium for this, this one-off beer that will never be brewed again and never dialed in and will never become the best version of itself. But you know, the, the beers that brewers really have a chance to work with and understand the process, understand the yeast, I think um, that's where a lot of the payoffs are, at least in my experience. Absolutely. So what, uh, what beer did you have this weekend? So in a completely self-serving um, um, way, but I do it. Silent Neighbor, so which is mm-hmm. our uh, pumpernickel stout at Atlas, and uh, in that vein, it's a beer that we've been brewing for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, you know, obviously we're always working on our process and recipes and trying to refine, um, and we've just put that beer into cans recently as well. But just a nice, robust stout, perfect for the weather out um, right now. Use a healthy dose of rye malt in there along with some blackstrap molasses, which gives it a nice sort of. Uh, you know, the molasses is, is 100% fermentable, so you get a nice little boost in the alcohol there, and it kind of dries the body out a little bit, and just a nice, well-rounded stout. Nice. Higher in ABV, or? Six, uh, six seven. I really appreciate oh. that. Yeah, nothing too crazy. That's right. Not, 
not too light, not too strong, just sort of right there in that that sweet spot. Yeah. Does the BJCP know that you're doing a stout that's below 12%? <laughs> have the police... They will not recognize Have the authorities yeah. uh, knocked on your door yet <laughs> to talk about this? You drink two of them, then it's... Uh, it's is that how it works? If I have three, yeah. is it eighteen percent? Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I had a pretty tasty beer. I, I helped out a little with uh, the hot pot pop up uh, that Eric Bernieang is doing on H Street, which, if anybody has a chance, it's delicious. Um, but kind of a throwback to the tradition of ordering cold tea at Chinese restaurants. Have you guys ever done this before? No. It's a very common practice. You can experience at New Big Wong, uh, for example, where you go in after a very long shift and you order cold tea which actually comes in a teapot but it's beer um, typically of some cheap lager variety Um, but at the end of a long shift with a lot of Chinese food it's pretty damn near perfect Um, so they're doing cold tea um, but it's just Tuk Tuk which is the beer that DC Brow brewed for them Um, and I will admit after a long shift it was about damn near perfect (laughs) Um, so the reason why we have you two in today is one, we're both lovely people, but two, uh, so on November 27th, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company brewed Resilience Butte County Proud IPA to benefit those affected by the campfire in Northern California. And there are five, uh, DC breweries, uh, three stars, uh, Atlas, Blue Jacket, Port City, and Right Proper uh, that are also brewing this IPA as the um, Sierra Nevada kind of made a call out to everybody to try and, and brew this beer and kind of do the same thing that they're doing. Since then, over 1,200 breweries nationwide are participating. So, Justin, walk us through a little bit what this uh, what this process is like. Yeah, so we, um, we actually join the game a little bit late because um the news of the of the project came out while i was away for uh, some thanksgiving break but mm-hmm. um we're going to be brewing the beer this friday um so sierra you know put a call out to all, all the brewers around the country to uh um, to brew beer sort of bringing not just awareness to all the devastation that's happened out in, in california with the fire but also a monetary component to it to help donate to um to a relief fund <clears throat> and it's something we we've worked with Sierra in the past on um and locally we work with them in the Kingman Island Bluegrass Festival which um supports living classrooms which is a wonderful local organization which we focus our charitable efforts on so it's kind of a natural extension of that for us to to join on to this project um getting getting to brew a beer and and um interesting part of you know seeing the recipe creation from Sierra Nevada especially on the hoppy side with the you know, Sierra obviously is well known for that and well deserved for uh, for their ability to um, of, uh, to use hops. Um, so yeah, that that part is interesting. And then we'll be brewing it Friday, and then hopefully, if the yeast gods smile upon us, then the beer will be ready um, to be released in our tap room on New Year's Eve, and we'll be donating all the sales from from that beer to the uh, Butte County Relief Fund. And so, each of these breweries that's participating is brewing it themselves. And from what I understand, um, all of the, you know, malt, hops, et cetera, is being donated. Yeah, that's correct. And so we, we work with um, one of our suppliers, Country Malt Group. Um, and so they, they donated 100% of the, uh, um, of the ingredients and shipping and all of that. So trying to just maximize as much of the, uh, the money that we can, we can donate to the cause as, as possible. That is a really beautiful thing to be done. It is wonderful. And, and you said 1,200 breweries doing it, which is mm-hmm. it's about a 
quarter of the breweries that are in, in the U.S. right now, which is, that's amazing. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's interesting. I find, and the more I talk to brewers, I find that there is such a sense of community and a sense of responsibility to give back. Um, and this is something that I was found especially true with Atlas. Um, why do you think that is? Well, I can speak for why it is at Atlas, and it's you know that's sort of just part of our part of our ethos and our culture. You know, where if you're able to help out, and we just think being a good a good neighbor, both locally and nationally, um, being a good community steward is is really important. And we try to we try to integrate that into a lot of things that we do at the mm-hmm. brewery. I mean, this Resilience IPA is a, is a you know really easy one to sign on onto, but you know we we also. We try to do uh, monthly events at the brewery that we'll have. Uh, we call them our charity guest bartending spots. We'll have a different, different nonprofit organization or cause come in. Um, they bring some of their people in to work behind the bar. Um, so it, it, it does double duty of it introduces uh, the Atlas patrons to, to their cause. So bringing a little bit more awareness to the organization um, as well as vice versa. Like it, it, it introduces Atlas to the, uh, to the nonprofit group. And then we donate um, all the tips from uh, that the bartenders earn to the organization and try to do that about 12 times a year. Like I said, last Sunday of the month is our, nor- our normal thing. And we just, you know, we, we have a, a platform in beer that, People really enjoy beer and, uh, you know, pay attention to it probably a little bit more than some other other consumer goods. And so we're trying to use that uh, use that platform to do some good. Bill, and you've interviewed many, many uh, different brewers and you've seen the same pattern that the brewers tend to have a sense of community and, and social responsibility. Why do you think that is? Well, I think part of it is that so many breweries are so deeply intertwined in in kind of their their local you know area mm-hmm. um especially right now the model is is really kind of place-based breweries and so i think there's also a piece where if if you had something like this like the campfire happen in your community god forbid mm-hmm. you would hope and, and to some extent maybe expect other folks and other neighbors to to come in and, and help you as well um, in this specific case, Sierra Nevada is such a good actor in craft beer. Yeah. And I mean this in, in the nicest way possible. They're kind of like everyone's like, you know, uh, kind hearted grandfather, although they, they really have kept up with the times for, for such a big brewery. Mm-hmm. And so when a good actor like this needs some help, I'm, I'm not particularly surprised to see the reaction that so many breweries like Atlas have, have had, which is that, you know, we, we can do something and we, you know, we're going to do something consequently. Uh, and for those of you just tuning in, uh, I'm sitting down with Justin Cox, the founder and CEO of Atlas Brewworks and Bill DeBond, the co-editor of DCBeer.com. Um, and there are also some other participants in this uh, project. Uh, in Maryland, you have Brewers Alley, the Guinness Open Gate Brewery, uh, in Northern Virginia, Chubby Squirrel, Crooked Run, Lake Ann Brew House. And I'm sorry if there are any out there that I've missed. Please feel free to call me out on social media. Well, this is online if you want to peruse it. And yeah. Do, do the fact checking. So it's, is it hard to participate in something like this? Um, in this particular project, no. Sierra has did a lot of legwork. To, mm-hmm. Everything was really, really easy um, in terms, I mean, Country Malt Group, as I mentioned, our, our supplier for both the malt and the hops was already had their system in place. So we just kind of called our person, placed the order for the ingredients we needed, showed up at the door, and then we're ready to go. 
If, if I can, maybe maybe you're being a little bit modest here, but I think one thing that people may not understand is that although they made it easier to participate, there is still a significant opportunity cost here for all the breweries participating. I mean, that's your that's your labor, that's your tank time. I mean, you could have used that tank space to brew something that you could sell for profit, right? And downstream, mm-hmm. the distri- I mean, the distributors, from what I understand, are donating their fees on, on carrying the product. Yes. And then at the point of sale, all of those proceeds are also going. So they're up and down the chain, um, there, there's a pretty significant, you know, commitment to this cause, I think, from, from all three tiers. So I think it's really good they've, they've made it very easy, but I also think you should take some credit for, for getting on board here because, you know, it's, it's, it's not free to you to do this. That's, that's absolutely <laughs> true, and you're, you're right. We're, and, you know, we, we would definitely, I mean, we're paying our brewers to, to make the batch in place of something else that we could have brewed. Um, and then that's taking up a line in our chat room, which could have gone for something else. And uh, but again, you know, it, it's I think the cause is absolutely worth it. Mm-hmm. And th- there, of course, is a cost to it. But then if we're able to absorb that cost along with the partners of, of country mutant distributors, then that's just more funds that can go to help the uh, help with the disaster out in California. I mean, I think the other pieces, I mean, my, in my experience, the, the breweries um, are, are, are very generous, not just for causes like this, but mm-hmm. breweries get hit up all the time for charity events. I mean, I've, I've asked them to participate in the, in the Brewers Ball in D.C., right, um, for years. Um, we did D.C. Brewers Fights Back um, for the Families Blown Together cause, right? So um, we get literally 100 requests yeah. per week. Yeah, so um, this isn't an isolated incident of, mm-hmm. of kind of goodwill, and, you know, since we're in the holiday season, I guess it's, it's you know, holiday appropriate too, but... Um, I guess I just want to make help the audience understand that mm-hmm. this is not a one-off. That stuff like this is happening very often, and breweries, I think, could justifiably say no to a lot of this. Mm-hmm. And I think that they say yes a lot. I mean, a lot more than you know could be expected of most businesses. No, I completely agree. We're going to dive into this a little bit more, but we're going to take a quick break. Um, we'll be right back with Beer Me on Full Service Radio. Welcome back to Beer Me, recording live at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. on Full Service Radio. I am your host, Sarah Jane, and I am joined in the studio by Justin Cox, the founder and CEO of Atlas Brewworks, along with Bill DeBond, co-editor of DCBeer.com. We are talking about the Resilience IPA uh, outreach uh mission and project I'm like loss of words right now uh put forth by sierra nevada brewing company uh to benefit uh families affected by the campfire in northern california and we're talking about how uh, right before the break bill mentioned that this isn't new for breweries to be willing to participate in community events and you know this is what i mentioned earlier 
and Justin, you're way too modest. Um, you know, aside from the, uh, you know, nonprofit guest bartending situations, you did the whole project where uh, you try to tackle some food waste issues with the um, brewing of with um, Ugly and Stone, with Ugly and Stone, where you partnered with Moms Organic um, and worked to collect all the rejected stone fruits and then use that in a beer, um, which kind of bubbled up a lot of different projects like that throughout the u.s um being an advocate for solar energy yeah solar energy you just got the award for um you know operating as a as a green uh brewery um you know you're being very modest which is you know speaks to who you are but i but i feel like you also see this in a lot of uh brewers and you know at the end of the day these are producers of goods and you don't see that in every division of of goods. Um, and I'm just curious, I want to dive into a little bit of why specifically brewers are the ones that are, you know, without question would happily, you know, do anything for their, for their community or for, you know, any, any way that they can help out. Yeah, I think it, it's, you know, maybe a self-selecting sample of people who want to get into the craft beer industry um, mm-hmm. that tend to be, you know, at the end of the day, we're making beer, trying not to take ourselves too seriously. It's a it's a fun industry and a cool industry. And I think the people who are attracted to that probably are a little bit more um, inclined to, to be community focused rather than people who are making I don't know, paper towel rolls or, or whatever, whatever other uh, other product might be. Um, but it, it's it's great, you know. We, we beer has has come in the you know in the last couple decades from you know the, the 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 macro trend of the industry of being you know five breweries in the entire U.S. to you know we've got seven thousand now, mm-hmm. which means as Bill mentioned a little bit earlier that it's a lot more locally focused and a lot of breweries are really focused on their local community and being a part of their local community and rather than just being geographically part of that community and kind of interacting with the community and helping out any way that they can, I think is an important part of the business. I'm kind of of two minds about this because. Um, it is easy when you're a beer fan to lose sight of the fact that beer is a business, right? That it, it is an industry. But at the same time, I've also said that I don't have the same relationship with beer as a consumer good or as a product that I do with other kinds of consumer goods, right? I, I don't think about ketchup the same way that I think about beer, for example. I don't have anywhere close to the same relationship with Heinz that I do or Hunts. So or, you're not from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm not, no. Um, you know, as I as I do with craft breweries, and I think um, that's that's where part of the differentiation comes in, at least for me, and I suspect for a lot of other people, is um, you can have a different kind of relationship with your with your craft brewery, whatever whether that's local or not, than you can with with other kinds of um, consumer goods. For the brewery side, I don't know if you agree with this or not, because there's also a lot more competition now. Um, you need to also look for ways to make kind of personal connections with with folks and to appeal to what interests them. You know, the, I think people saw on the news, talking about Sierra Nevada specifically here, people saw on the news the devastation from the campfire. And so seeing local business, local brewery that they, that they support, or maybe they don't know about but would like to support, get involved with something like this is a mm-hmm. good way to build that kind of personal connection. Absolutely. And, and I don't want that to, I mean, that... That is absolutely true, and I don't want that to take away from the altruisticness of, yeah, the, for sure, of for the project. Sure. Yeah, for sure. But it absolutely is. You can totally you know? have both. And I mean, just, yeah, to, just yeah, to be clear. for sure. And we've actually, we'd, <laughs> since we uh, you know, we put out on social media that we were going to participate in this project, we've gotten a few emails from D.C. residents who were from Butte County um, thanking us for it and really excited about the project. 
Um, and I think you're right, making that kind of connection, anything you can do to, to foster the relationship with a consumer, either existing or a new one, um, and as well as you know, helping out the cause is a great thing. I think some, an example of that that kind of straddles those two things is when you see uh, Anheuser-Busch doing water production for um, natural disaster relief. They partnered with the Red Cross to can water, and they have it you know, in reserve for any kind of situation. And with the hurricanes over the past couple of years, you know, they've been able to step up and do that. And I, I think it's motivated in two ways for them as well, for sure. Which, yeah, but I think you're absolutely right. And I think the... the the flip side of that is that it's regardless of the motivation, you know, yeah, it's great done. that that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, we have a little more time here. Uh, Justin, is there anything exciting? Um, any other exciting things coming down the pike for Atlas Brewworks? Yeah. So actually on this Thursday, um, mm-hmm. the, the 13th, I believe it is, we mm-hmm. have our annual toy drive with our good buddies over at Boundary Stone on um, Rhode Island Avenue. So we've done this with them the past few years um, that we donate some beer um, to the event and people will even show up and you bring a bring a toy that will go to the St. Martin's um, Church and then you get a beer in exchange for that toy. So Fair trade. Yeah. Nice. Uh, love the guys at at, uh, at Boundary Stone, um, and and it's always a great event. So that's coming up later this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in general, we have you know we've kind of gotten our our beer program set up for uh, 2019. So we're going to be releasing releasing a couple new beers and shifting some core beers uh, around. So um, the the big thing is where our Blood Orange goes, at which we released um, last summer, and it mm-hmm. was a, uh, a a very very big hit for us. And so we're going to bring that as part of our core lineup. Oh, nice! So that's that a great a, beer. Thank you. Yeah, we we really enjoy that one. And so starting in March, that will be part of our full time lineup and available available year round. Um, and then in February, we're releasing an apricot IPA. We're calling uh, the Precious One. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, going to be a six point four percent. IPA with uh, made with apricot puree and cryo mosaic hops, so it should be a nice, delicious uh, springtime beer. Um, and then in let's see, let's see in May we're going to be releasing our summer seasonal, which we're calling Ninja Sauce. So it's going to be a Belgo uh, American Pale Ale mm-hmm. um, that we're using a little bit of honey malt in there too, so it gives a nice kind of a nice body, um, nice Belgian yeast for that you know, beautiful, uh, beautiful earthy esters, and then using Hallertau Blanc and some mosaic hops in that as well. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty excited about both of those. Guys. I'm really excited about the, the uh, Blood Orange coming on full-time. That yeah, makes me very right. happy. Are you doing another Ugly and Stone this year? We will be doing another Ugly and Stone, yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we, we did 60 barrels of that this year, and I think mm-hmm. that was a little bit too much. That kind of strained our uh, production staff quite a bit. There's a, there's a lot of cutting involved to get all of those stones out of the fruit um, so before we can use it into the beer and so I think we're gonna um, the timing of that beer is a little dependent upon the the, the harvest season as well so we don't mm-hmm. have a lot of control over when that happens but probably similar time frame looking like July or uh, maybe June um, releasing that beer again nice very cool and Bill, anything exciting in the world of uh, DC beer? Well, you can always, I, mean, I guess I'll put in a shameless plug, you can put in, yeah. you can check out dcbeer.com slash calendar and kind of see our, our um, constantly updated calendar of uh, DC and DC area beer events. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that uh, I just want to flag, speaking of, about beer, the, the confluence of beer and kind of good causes, uh, Church Key on the 19th, it's a Wednesday, is doing their 8th annual um, holiday tap takeover and canned food drive. So if you bring a can of food or mm-hmm. a 
or make a cash donation, you can get a, um, a free four ounce uh, beer from Church K, which is nice. great. You know, obviously they got a, they have a great lineup, mm-hmm. and uh, if you are a big fan of holiday variants, I'm sure they will have a bunch. It looks like they're going to have 30 different beers. Very cool. Yeah, I've said it on the show before, I'll say it again. <laughs> if you want a good synopsis of what's going on in the beer world as far as a, a very well-curated calendar, definitely subscribe to dcbeer.com. Um, you you guys put together such a, a nice list of, you know, you don't play favorites, and I really do appreciate that. So We do our best. Nice. And there are good articles, too. Forgot to, to mention that part. <laughs> so we're, not, we're, not, we're not, DC Beer, we're not just the calendar. We're not just the calendar. <laughs> we have good articles. And read we, read we it for the articles. We don't appreciate that you, that you don't play favorites. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess we got to keep it fair and honest. Yeah. Um, and, and another uh, shameless plug for Atlas, but the, the Resilience okay. IPA we're hoping is going to be released on um, New Year's Eve, as I mentioned. Nice. And then myself and Corey Poole, our director of operations, is going to be working the, uh, working the bar that day. From We're going to have abbreviated hours from 1 to 7, but we'll be donating all of our tips along with the sales of that beer to, uh, to the relief fund. Very cool. Is there anything on your radar? Now, this, this would take a particularly enterprising beer director, mm-hmm. uh, hint, hint, out, out there, nudge, nudge. But I would really love to see the different iterations of resilience ipa that are brewed locally in some kind of tap takeover uh, just to see kind of how the execution um varies you know or, or whether or not people have strayed from the recipes that that could be pretty yeah i mean it's natural that the recipes would differ you know based on the yeast and what they're getting and how you're and brewing equipment and differences and i think yeah. yeah and there wasn't really any specifications set down from sierra nevada except here's the recipe and i said that, i think as i remember don't get go above like six percent or something like that or but, you know, there's still no control. But, yeah, no, I would love to see that, have that, have those kind of lined up, all five of the district ones, and, you know, have a little taste comparison. See who wins. Yeah, you know, that would be make, great. Make, take something really beautiful and kind and make it, you know, competitive and, you know, mean. So so to the, to the legion of beer directors yeah. listening to Beer Me Radio right now. Make it happen. Be the first one to do it. Yeah. Call your distributor right now. And then, you know, make all those proceeds go to, you know, mm-hmm. the campfire (laughs) um all right so that's all we got for this week thank you two for coming on the show i really appreciate it thanks for having us yeah thanks for having um for all of you out there who have been on the show before uh bill is the one to beat and uh we will see you next week you can check out beer me anywhere you get your podcast uh if you have any questions comments concerns feel free to shoot us an email at beermeradio at gmail.com uh, check us out on social media otherwise we'll see you next week on full service radio recording live at the line hotel in adams morgan washington dc cheers Dr. Bob!